Hi, I'm Ozzy. Welcome to the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast. I believe that stories are powerful and by sharing, we can grow together. That's why I created the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast to share the unique stories and experiences of African immigrants abroad. Each week, you'll hear topics pertaining to education, healthcare, and career choices, or just pure banter. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode on the podcast. Today, I have a really, really special guest. Like, he's many things. He's a father. He's a husband. Um, he's a physician. He's also a comedian. And you guys are going to he- get to know him a little bit more today. Welcome on the podcast for the very first time, Dr. Obino. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so you guys need to know that this man is extremely busy. I've been trying to book this interview for the longest time, since last year. Like last decade, you know, but I'm so excited that you've made out time to just come on the podcast and share. And I'm really excited to get to know a little bit more about you. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you as Dr. Obino. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So, you know, when I look at your social media, there's some things I can pick out. You know, I know that you're a physician. I know your father, but tell me about where you grew up. Like, what are the things that make you who you are? My real name is uh, Obina Chiedoze Ibe. I'm a Nigerian from Imo State. In terms of growing up in, in Nigeria, I would say I grew up in different regions of Nigeria. So my dad was a, was a police officer. So wow. we, we would always move all around, you know, the country. Uh, I was born in the North Sokoto State. Mm. I grew up in Owere. Uh, even while we were in Owere, we would move to different places. And then in my secondary school, my GSS2, uh, we moved to Ondo State. Wow. Which is where I did my secondary school. And then I came back to the southeastern part of Nigeria for, for university and then medical school. I graduated from Nnamdiazikiwe University, Oka, when my, yeah. my medical school campus is in Nnewi. Shout out to everybody who, who, who went to Nnamdiazikiwe University Hospital. Mm-hmm. This podcast, uh, they call us the giant. And I'm, I'm, proud of, I'm proud to say I'm a giant too. <laughs> That's like a summary of, of who I am. That's really interesting. Like when I got to know you, you know, initially when I first saw your Instagram page and it was through Instagram, I just felt like, okay, this guy is evil. He probably grew up in the East and you know, that's all like, I'm like, okay, it has to be that, you know, but that's the reason why I'm having this podcast because now you're saying that you grew up in all these places. You went to school, you know, in the East, you traveled a lot because your dad was a police officer. So you're the real definition of Wazobia, basically. Yeah, you could say that. You could say <laughs> that. I mean, even though my Hausa is not that, I just speak no, a little word, a few words in Hausa. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the, in Nigerian language, I, I speak Igbo fluently, obviously, different dialects of Igbo. I'm super good at, at it. And I speak Yoruba quite well for somebody who's not uh, a Yoruba person. Right now, because of, I'm sure we're going to get into that, because of the social media thing you talk about, because of the fan base that I, have in East Africa. I started incorporating Swahili into my work. Hmm. And uh, I'm, uh, I mean, I know I took a little break, but I, I'm, I'm working on learning Swahili too. Okay. Okay. That's very interesting. Um, so, you know, we're going to come back and touch on, you know, your, your job as a physician, but okay. let's talk a little bit more about this entertainer part of the whole thing. So okay. it took me a while to figure out that you are a physician. And I okay. feel like you went 
you know, to really great lengths to hide that fact. It seemed you were deliberate about hiding the fact that you're a physician. So tell me a little bit about the mindset behind, you know, putting that aside and just, you know, establishing your social media fan base uh, as an entertainer. Okay. So when it comes to entertainment, entertainment has been part of me all my life, you know, but I just didn't give you that definition Mm. Uh, in the sense that, you know, right from being a kid, I have always been like somebody who, who, who loves to be like in front of the crowd, you know, be in front of the camera. I was always acting plays. I did it all in primary school, secondary school. It, while I was in secondary school, I, I was a member of the drama club. We would go to different schools and even perform. Mm. And people would be to come and see us. You know, it was fun. And even one of my best memories was the day we, we traveled to my mother's old school to perform. And I was the creator of that, that drama we did. You know, and then I remember when it was time to, for everyone to introduce themselves, I pick up the mic, let everybody finish talking. You see what I, I let everybody finish talking, and then I held the mic last. And then I started, I said, My name is, I, my mom was a teacher like in the girls' school, so everybody, the girl, oh, and I said, <laughs> I am the son of, so I said, you know, my mom is their teacher, she was right there. Mm. The students were screaming. So, you know, it's been part of me. Even into medical school too, I was doing drama too. I was like, whenever I'm on stage, you see people like, oh my God. We used to have this competition every year because I'm Catholic. So mm. we, we had this group we call FECAMS, Federation of Catholic Medical Students. Every year, we would have like a competition of different things with a concept. Okay. So as soon as I came into medical school, like came into the medical school campus, for the group I belong to, things changed. Because I would just go on stage, you know, I would do things and you know, everybody would just be like, then every year, even people who are non guys would ask me, hey, why are you acting this year? I'm coming to watch you. Hmm. It was all fun for me, right? Yeah. Uh, but then, I mean, I've always wanted to be a doctor. So I focused on medical school. Uh, when I finished medical school, I, I gave that thing a little break. I just, I wasn't into it anymore for, for the break after medical school, trying to figure out what to do. Hmm. I'm trying to find myself here in the US, right? Right. Now, Getting to the U.S., I didn't get into residency. I mean, we're going to talk about that as well. I didn't get into residency immediately. Now, I was at home uh, at that time, a stay-at-home dad, taking care of my baby while my wife was the one working. Things were like, uh, you know, as they, they may be now, you know. Uh, shout out to my wife. She was the one, like, you know, taking care of things in terms of working. But I had to stay with the baby. And it was something new for me. Um, you know, having to apply for residency and wait, and then having to be with a baby. But, you know, prior to that, I always had this vision that every kid I have will at least understand Igbo and speak it to a good extent, mm-hmm. regardless of where they are born. Mm-hmm. So I started making these videos with my daughter, right? Uh, we make videos with her, train, teaching her Igbo. I'll post them on Facebook. It was, just, it was just like a father-daughter relationship, which is not something that is common where we are from. You know, the dad don't stay at home with, with the babies where we are coming from or where we come from. So it's just something brand new to me. But at the same time, while I was making that video, I see some people say, why don't you start making this into something? Then, you know how they say necessity warrants invention or when a man is down, then the way he that is down fares no fall. So at that time, I, I wasn't working. So I, then somehow I remember, when I had this skill and talent that I, has been in me that I just haven't used in a while. So I'm watching all these guys who do videos on YouTube, um, especially I'll mention someone, there's somebody called Foxy P in Maryland. 
So I'll watch Foxy P, Chifo B, and all those guys. They were good. And I'll tell my wife, man, this is what I used to do when I was in all my life, you know? Mm. But I wasn't so, so convinced that, it, you know, it was something I would do because that, that one thing about being a doctor is, or being a physician is society and even your colleagues expect you to have a kind of, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a kind of uh, face you need to put up. Right. You know? uh, doctors normally, no, no disrespect to them, but we're kind of stuck up, you know? If you are not like in that, you know, if you're doing something that is not in, you know, in that norm, what, what is regarded as norm, then you're seen as, you know, completely different. Mm -hmm. So I was, I wasn't really, I wasn't really sure if it was something I wanted. I was like, let me use the word, I was afraid about, you know, the perception. And being somebody that is applying for residency, you don't know if they will go and check your social Good. media and say, this person is not a serious person. You've touched on so many things I want to yeah, ask you. Yeah. So you talked about how doctors are perceived to be a certain way, right? Yes, no, and that's how they are. <laughs> of course, yeah. that's how they are. When did you feel comfortable telling your colleagues that, you know, you're working right now? Do your colleagues uh -huh. feel right now that you also have this other side of being an entertainer? At this point, I don't hide it anymore. Okay. I did all that in residency and at some point too, yeah. So when did you feel comfortable revealing this other side of entertainment? As soon as I passed my board exams. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, well, well, let me put it this way. It was in phases, right? It was in phases. Okay. So by the time I was ending residency, you couldn't hide it anymore. People were already seeing me. People were talking about it. So uh, at that time, to the point that in my final year, my program director calls me to his office and sits me down. Mm. I said, oh, graduation is coming. And everybody's saying, Ubi, they want you to be in charge of the entertainment of the graduation. That really shocked me, you know, like, oh my God, <laughs> okay, no problem. That's fine. It's, it's something easy for me. It's not like reading. Okay. Then after I passed my board exam, which is after residency, then I was like, man, I think I've done everything that I need to do. Mm. Now it's time to, to do what I really want to do with my life. I started on Facebook, right? Okay. Facebook was, you know, going on. Then after I stopped, and then I didn't really like Instagram. It was when my brother came to visit me in the U.S. that, you know, I said, okay, let me try this. So I'm posting. I had a few doctor pictures. I like people to find things, find out things about me. You know? mm. I don't like to give them. I, I talk a lot, right? But you, even, if, even as much as I talk a lot, there are things too that I like to keep to myself and I want you to find out. And a lot, I, especially things that are related to this entertainment medicine side. I, I, a lot of times I don't really go out and tell you I'm this and this. I want you to find out for yourself so that you'll be blown away and, and you want to see more. Who is this guy? What's so particular about this guy? I'm curious. Mm -hmm. So as soon as my video started going viral, I deleted every single picture of me being a doctor on Instagram. Every single. No, there was none. You could never find anything. Mm. You know? And then a lot of times too, I would just be talking with some people who understood me and I'd be like, Obi, why did you, if you bring out this side of you, it's going to make your page. And I'm like, no, that's not the aim. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that I'm not just doing this for doing it. First of all, it's something that I like. It's something that I, I'm good at. I'm, I'm moving with a purpose. I'm not just doing videos. Mm -hmm. It's just only to make people laugh. Because right. if you look at my content first, I don't copy anybody. Second is I don't do things that others do. There are different branches to it. There's an Igbo side that teaches Igbo. Igbo. I can use comedy to teach you medicine. You, mm -hmm. you, by the time you watch that video, you'll be able to understand that clinical concept. If you want us to talk about real medicine where there's no comedy, I can sit down and we'll discuss. 
Mm-hmm. Then I, I have uh, the other the IMG group, for, which we're going to talk about as well. Right, right. You know, so that's how it was. So, but I always used to say, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to bring out that news until I've passed my board exams. <laughs> and and as soon as, like I said, I passed my board exams, there's not no stopping. I think I've done it. I've 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 tried my best. Okay. And, uh, the next thing is to do now the things that I like, which is mixed entertainment with medicine. Okay, let me let me jump in here and ask you another question. So I noticed something when I moved to the U.S. So this year is actually going to be my tenth year in the U.S. And I noticed that immigrants. Now I'm going to you say this, you know, with all mm-hmm. respect, but especially people who migrate from countries like Nigeria, because that's the, where I have experience. Um, mm-hmm. We're very careful about singing our own praises, right? So, for yes. instance, we're very guarded about telling people our achievements because it seems mm-hmm. like. You know, for you especially, I feel like you're coming from a place of humility. So you don't yeah. want to appear a certain way. But when yes. I moved to the U.S., I discovered that, you know, your, our counterparts here are very quick to, it's a normal thing to talk about yeah. the things, your achievements. And that's something yeah. I'm having to learn. Do you feel like that's the case with you where you're just, you don't want to blow your trumpet. You don't want to come out like, ah, this guy's a proud guy. You know, yes. even though you're achieving things, you're making, you know, strides and things are happening for you. But do you feel like it's the upbringing that you had that, you know, made you this way? Yes, I, I, I agree with you. Now, let, let me give you an instance, right? I, I was talking to this doctor who, you know, he lives in Memphis, which is where I live. Uh, then he said to me, he said, Obi, every time I tell you, oh, you're doing well with this, your entertainment, you you try to play it down. You don't know what you have. Mm. And I was like, Dr. Val, forget that thing. I'm just living my normal life. This is me. If you see me, I'm not, I'm, this is who I am. And then he's like, every time I try to tell you this, this, you try to play it down. See, you need to start owning it. I'm like, Dr. Val, I, I, I like to take my time. He's like, come out. Come. I'm like, Dr. Val, I like to take my time. Mm. Now, I told you my dad was a police officer, right? Uh, while I was in Nigeria, my dad was a big police officer. But he made sure we never even knew that <laughs> he had any money. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all that humility. When we stop at the checkpoint, as big as my father was, mm-hmm. he would step out of his car, open the boot for the police. He never show him his, show them his ID card. He would step out of the car, open his boot. They say, oh, you're carrying this thing. Bring it out. He'll bring it out. So when they start trespassing, then he brings out his ID and they start apologizing. We're sorry, sir. Mm. So I saw all that. And even when I started driving long distance or whatever, police stopped me. I would come out, show them my papers, whatever. And then maybe when they start, then I tell them, okay, I'm the son of so, so, so. Mm-hmm. Then they start, I've been in... in a lot of checkpoints, police checkpoints. As soon as they know whose son I am, they start praying for me. They start mm. telling me, I know your father. Your father is a good man. Oh, no, I'm not surprised that you are, being, you are, you are so nice. There are some people that their, their parents are not even, their, their parents don't have the same rank as your dad. But the way mm. they will shout and yell at us and call us names. Mm. And I feel like, even in, in my medical school, people didn't find out my dad was a police officer until we got to like fifth year, when my, parent, my dad would come. And then there'll be like security everywhere and everybody will be like, oh my God, what's going on? And I'll just be like, oh, forget it. <laughs> even you see people who, even like these people who sell like uh, food to us, I will always play with everybody, laugh with everybody. I don't even, you know, I don't even care. So when when my, my dad will come, those cops, and they'll be like, wow, mm. how? So that's just like, how I've seen life. In regardless of whatever achievement I have I've got, you know, I desire to get. I just see life as, you know, it's life. I just want to do the things that I love to do, enjoy. That doesn't mean that 
<laughs> when the time comes, I don't, I don't sing my praise, especially if I'm in, a, in, in an environment or like I find myself in a place where maybe the people around me don't understand what I'm trying to do. Maybe they're looking at it like, what is this guy doing? What is this guy doing? So then at that point, then mm-hmm. it probably ignite me to like tell myself, yes, yes, if mm. you, I'm going to sing my praise if, if you don't want to sing it for me. You know? <laughs> so, Let me ask you a question. So your dad was a police officer. Yeah. And growing up in Nigeria, we know that at that time, when your parents start to see that this guy may have some entertainment blood in him, but we want him to be a doctor. Was there ever that conversation where they were like, please, you know, yeah? It's like you're going entertainment way. Focus and become a doctor. Did you ever have that conversation where they were like, here's what we want you to be? It's yes or no, because let me put it this way. So my mother is Libra. Mm-hmm. My mother is very Libra. So even this whole, inter- it's not just only me. It's me, my brother. I'm sure you've seen my brother. Yes. I don't know if you've seen my brother's videos. My brother is a, is a doctor, a very smart one. But he raps. He does music. He does a lot of things. I have another sister who the dentistry. I mean, she's on another level when it comes to that. She, she would even, in medical school, be winning beauty pageant. Most beautiful Igbo girl in Nigeria. Mm. You know? And my sister too, Ijoma, that, that's the one who followed my my dad's uh, path. Mm. The police officer. So, so, my mother was liberal in the sense that she encouraged all that. But my dad was the strict one. You know, read your book, mm-hmm. go and study, go and study. Uh, maybe if this whole entertainment, the way it's growing now, was at that time, maybe I would have, you know, experienced. But because it was more like fun, fun. Right. I, I don't know if my dad really got to see that side. No, I don't really think he got to see that side. It's just now that, you know, he's seen it. So mm. uh, I, I wouldn't say I, in that regard, that I experienced, uh, oh, you are going that path. Because I, I wasn't really going that path. <laughs> I was I was a, a studious person, a bookworm, med school. Mm, okay. It's just when I came to the US, that's when you know I saw the potential. Okay, let, let's talk a little bit about you because I want us to really talk about this medicine thing, right? Yeah. Let's okay. backtrack a little bit. Like I want yeah. to know, how what was school like in Nigeria? When you compare going to medical school in Nigeria and going to medical school in the US, like you've you've seen the two systems, right? You at yeah. least experienced a little bit of the system here, you wrote your boards here and all that. Do you think that there is any benefit to going to medical school in Nigeria? When you compare these two systems, uh, what are some of the pros and cons of the two systems? Okay. I have a YouTube channel, the Nigeria MG Doc. You see where I compared both systems in, in, terms, in terms of the curriculum, so you can see that. But now, in terms of going to school in the U.S., each one has its own, you know, its own sides to it. Mm-hmm. For somebody who went to school in the United States, right? Right. You know, you have access to a lot of tools, you know, the internet. But I had a situation whereby in the hospital, there was a, a power outage, a, a computer outage. And <laughs> everyone felt like a dummy because, <laughs> because everything is on the computer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But in Nigeria, we write on paper. So that is not even going to be our problem. The other thing, again, I, I would say is, Patient interaction. I feel like in Nigeria, you have more patient interaction than in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, you have that one-on-one connection than in the U.S. Because the U.S. is fast-paced, very fast-paced. You got to type your notes. You have to be fast. You know, so you're working with time. Mm. You know, I suppose in Nigeria, like, we can spend one hour rounding on one patient, talking about <laughs> this and that. Then when you come to the, the exam system, right? Right. I would always choose the U.S. style, any day, any time. The Nigerian exam system style when I was there. 
I think it needs to be overhauled. It needs to be it needs to be phased away. A lot uh, that some of them. Let mm -hmm. me not say all of them. Some of them need to be phased away. Especially, you know, I know some people may not agree with me, but th th these are just my thoughts. Let's look at one of our exams, or rather the way our exams are scored in general. Like we have in my time, we had this thing they call negative matching. Hmm. Right? You fill one question and get one. They take out 0 0.5 from that one you got. Oh wow. You understand? In addition to what you feel, right? Mm. And then they do what they call closed marking system. You can't get more than 60. You can't get more than less than 35. Mm. And then the pass mark is 50. You know, I feel like those things really limit students' uh, ability to show their real potential. Because, mm. you know, those negative marking things, you, you, you're not very careful about how you choose your answer so you don't fail. I suppose the, I suppose the U.S. system that is just you know, the, the, the one answer system, you read the concepts, you go in there, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, so that's one part that I don't really like about our system. And then the other thing, which is something I talked about when in our graduation, doctor-student relationship. In, in here, you just see, and what do you notice like in the hospitals here, if you see those of us who came from Nigeria, India, Mm. You see the way we talk to the the, the attendants. With reverence. You know, oh, yes, sir, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, typical American is, oh, Mr. This, Dr. This, you know. Mm -hmm. You see that they have that interaction. I'm not saying that it's bad, but what our, what our old does is that it kind of creates this gap, mm. you know. When, when I came to the U.S. as a student to do, like, some rotations, I had this surgery, surgery program director, like a surgery... Chief, he's like the biggest surgeon in that hospital. Okay. Drive me to the airport, like drive me to the airport, and I'm like, wow, I was I was starstruck. Like mm. that cannot happen in my country. I can't even come close to <laughs> the professor's office, let alone entering his car. Definitely, we're going to put your your YouTube um, information so that people can actually go on there and get a little more information. So you went to school in Nigeria, um, oh, you're yes. done, you graduated. What made you decide to move to the U.S.? So when did you know that, okay, it was time to move? I've always known that I was going to come to America. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's, start, let's start from that one. Right from when I was a little boy, I was obsessed with the United States. It's like a dream? Or? Yes, my, my uncle... But not a dream. Mm -hmm. my, all my mom's brothers live here. I have cousins here. They would mm -hmm. always come home, send pictures. So I was obsessed with the whole American uh, thing. Mm -hmm. Now, so it's always been in my head. Even mm -hmm. when I was in first year, I tried to come here. They didn't give me a visa, so I had to stay back and finish school. Um, now, before my final year, my school started this program where people come to the U.S., do rotations, and come back, right? Okay. So in my final year, I had that opportunity to come. So... Uh, when I came here, and I was like, man, I came to New York. Like, this is, this is, this is what I, I want to be part of this, man. Mm. You know? So, I, you know, I went back to school and to complete my medical school. So that thing was still, like, in my head, you know, to come back there. And uh, by the time I started talking to, to my wife, and it was all clear that I was coming here, so... Cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people say that um, a lot of Nigerian doctors are just moving to the land of greener pastures. You know, they get their education from Nigeria at, you know, next to nothing. This is, this is the word out on the street, right? Yes. A lot of Nigerian doctors graduate don't owe anybody anything, basically. Uh -huh. We move to other countries, even though we don't have the equipment, we don't have whatever. 
we move to you know other countries and we do really well and mm-hmm. you know life is good basically mm-hmm. so do you feel like to the people who are saying that this is brain drain all our good brains are going you know to the west and mm-hmm. the disservice to nigeria um what do you feel about that do you feel like it's a disservice that you're here what is your mindset when people say hey everyone is leaving uh, who's going to be in nigeria to build nigeria so my man- mindset in all honesty is is personal and also on the general aspect of it is you got to look at the country right medical school is tough it takes a lot of energy it, t- it takes a lot you want to have returns for what you've invested right? right in terms of your job what you're doing in terms of helping patients and also you know in terms of pay to you know to be at least comfortable mm-hmm. unfortunately our country doesn't provide people you know with that environment to achieve these things you know you come into the hospital you want to do these things for this patient you have that knowledge but you you can't really do it. And that's why like, I, I really give kudos to my colleagues who are back home. It's not easy. They don't work in like the kind of conditions that we work here. Uh, so I'll put a blame on the, on, our, on the leaders who have not done well in creating that environment for people to want to stay, which is why I said on a personal level. So if you see that, you know, I'm not getting these things, naturally, everybody, if you're humans, you want to better yourself, you understand? Mm-hmm. That's why many people or many people move, although people have other personal reasons why they move. So I would attribute a lot of blame to the to the to the leadership of the country. Right. Um, that is also not to say that if you finally come to this place, you find yourself, um, you know, you've achieved all that that you need to achieve. It's still a good thing to look back home. I did, I'm not saying go and live there, you mm. know, but there are certain ways you can give back. Mm-hmm. And give, you can give back by going to do outreaches. You can give back by going to do surgeries. You can give back by going to teach people. You can give back by giving books. You can, there are many ways to, to give back. But you know, I think we should be thinking of home in one way or the other mm-hmm. uh, to give back. Okay. okay. At the end of the day, home is still home. Home is home. That's true. That's true. But let's talk about the challenges of being an international medical graduate in America. I know that you touched on being a stay-at-home dad. Of course, everybody knows that when you move to America, it's basically begin again for a lot of people, right? Oh, yeah. You're going to have that period where, you know, your character will be shaped. You get to know your inner self, basically. True. Because you're going to spend a lot of time by yourself. First, I want to, I want to ask you about staying at home. What does that do for a man? What kind of emotions or what kind of things did you have to do to set your mind right because you know i know a lot of people that move let's say from nigeria to the u.s and that period i call it like a, you know, a lag phase um that period where they're just trying to figure out transitioning basically from one career to another it's a really tough time so mm-hmm. how are you able to set your mind right you know to not say okay self-pity like okay oh my mates are doing this or that like how did you position yourself in a way that you know, you didn't fall into self-pity. Um, you held yourself on the right track till you achieved your next level. Like if you, there was someone at home, sitting at home today in that situation, 
what are the things that helped you while you were staying at home? I know for a man, you know, it's not, especially an African man, it's not something that comes natural to just stay at home and maybe your wife pick up the bills and things like that. So how did you set your mind right to get through that period? I'm happy you used the word African man. I was waiting for you to say that. You, <laughs> you hit that nail on the head. Uh, so I'm not good. You know, it's a tendency when people have achieved something, they start painting only the good side. And uh, No, it was tough. Mm. It was very, very tough. Here I was, you know, coming from Nigeria, you know, being the first child of the of my family. It was a tough period, you know, in the sense that I wasn't used to it, staying at home. This is a, a, um, having to be with a baby. Ah, let me start by saying, before my mom left, six weeks after my daughter was born, she called me outside and said, hey, you're going to be staying at home with your child, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, this is your child. It's your child. You know, those words struck to me. And then I kind of surrounded my child with love. So that, that love, it's what was pushing me. Because when I see that child, I'm just happy, you know, especially because, like I said, during the day, I, I'm with her. So at night, my wife comes back, mm-hmm. takes over. There were moments when, you know, I would just be, like, very frustrated in my head. Like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I can't provide for mm-hmm. my family the way I would want to. I can write a book on this thing. Uh, but one thing is you accept it, right? Mm-hmm. The thing I know about this country is this. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, over time, things will align. Hmm. And if I'm telling somebody who's an international medical graduate, right? Right. Before you come to this country, if you can, to come and stay, try to take as much, those exams as much as you can take before you enter that plane mm-hmm. to come here. Now, let me speak for people who are in Nigeria because those are the people that I know. Before you step out to come here, if you can, Take your step one or, as, or whichever exam as much as you can. Or be ready, close to being ready before you come here. Because if I look back, I don't know how I would have been able to be preparing for these exams with a baby, family. By the time I got to America, I was done with all the exams, except step three, which I took right before my daughter was born. So all I, did, all I had to do was apply for residency till I finally got it. Okay. So if, if you can, that's my first advice. So that lag face, which you call it, mm-hmm. accept it. It's, it's what it is. It's America. This is not Africa. It's not, not where you go home and cross your leg and they're serving you food and you're answering daddy, daddy. No. You mm-hmm. have to accept it. Work with your partner, your wife, and you guys be, because teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, there'll be times when there'll be ups and downs. And I, I can say now it looks as if it's easy. It's not easy. But both of you have to you know, work as a team, you know, something that I, I, I'm really appreciative of my wife because at that time she played the role so well. I give kudos to her. Okay. Uh, I keep knocking on doors. One day one will open. Okay. <laughs> Very good advice. I really love it because I feel like this is what people want to know because a lot of times when you, like you said, when you make it, you now start talking, talking, saying the testimony as if it was so easy. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not in that school of thought. I will mm-hmm. tell you everything as it is. I don't have that, uh, oh, it's so easy. No, mm-hmm. no. It's not easy. Okay. Okay. So now as an in- international medical graduate in America, okay. what are some of the challenges? I know you created a whole platform to, you know, share. And I think that's a good way to give back, by the way. Hi, my name is Dr. Ozi, and I'm the host of this podcast, The Tales of an African Princess in America podcast. I moved to the United States as an international student. I got my PhD 
and then I self-petitioned for a green card under the employment-based second preference national interest waiver category or the EB2 NIW category. So I moved directly from an F1 visa to a green card. I applied for a green card during my OPT training as a postdoctoral fellow, and I did not need a sponsor, nor did I employ the services of any lawyers, so I saved thousands of dollars. I've put together an ebook to guide individuals who qualify for the EB2 NIW category to successfully self-petition for their green cards. This ebook contains all the information you're going to need to self-petition for your green card. It contains ready-to-use templates like cover letters, petition letters, recommendation letters, as well as information on all the documents you're going to need to apply for your green card under the EB2 NIW category. To grab a copy of this ebook, visit our website at www.talesofanafricanprincessinamerica.com forward slash immigration. You can send an email to talesbydroozy at gmail.com. You can also find information about this ebook in the show notes of this episode. Welcome back. So I've been speaking to the entertainment doctor or the Niger IMG doctor. IMG means international medical graduate. He moved from Nigeria to the States as an international medical graduate or IMG and has since succeeded in becoming a board certified internal medicine physician. He's also created a platform to help other international medical graduates succeed. Um, mm-hmm. But what were some of the challenges that you faced that made you want to give back in this way and, you know, help people who are coming behind you, you know, that think these are things to avoid, these are things that can help you. What are some of the challenges you faced? Like, why did you create that platform? The first, first, first inspiration was there was no platform like that. Okay. That's the first thing. So when I was coming up, you know, even though I was coming to the U.S., I knew people who had spread... There's really no, there was really no one platform tailored to people from where I come. Like, you know, the way, the way I'm thinking about it, I was thinking about it. So I would always tell myself, man, if I cross this boundary, I'm going to try to do something. Mm -hmm. So I started documenting things. There are are things that I will show you, videos and pictures, and I will blow your mind. You'll be Mm -hmm. like, wow, you kept this record. I said, yes, I did. I, kept, I will tell you, yes, I did. I kept this record. I was documenting these things up till now. Um, so that's one. And two is I made some mistakes, which, you know, I, I will talk about later in my platform. I made some mistakes that I wouldn't want people like me, you know, to make. Even when I, I could have avoided some of them, you know, but I still made those mistakes. But thank God, everything is still aligned. Okay. I, I wouldn't want, want someone else to make, you know, those mistakes. I've had some people who have told, okay, do this thing like this. And, you know, they don't really, then they go in and flunk the whole thing. Mm. And then they come back, oh, hey, why didn't you? I said, but I told you, I used my story to tell you. Okay. But maybe you felt it wasn't the right thing. Mm. You know, I mean, there are some people too, told, hey, it works for them, fine. But, this thing has a, a system and a process. Mm-hmm. So there are challenges you face taking the exams. There are challenges you face applying for residency. There are challenges you face in residency as an international medical graduate. There are challenges you also face after you've, you finish residency and you're practicing. Mm-hmm. There are all, there's always a challenge at the end of the day uh, and, and at every step. Okay. But you just have to. That's, that's why men, it's all mentorship. Mm, that's very good. Very good. You, you, you should be able to. I like to see people succeed. Like when people call me on the phone and say, "Oh, Bino, oh man, 
I scored this. Oh, I got this. So thank you so much. I'm so happy. I, I, you know, even if your score was higher than whatever I got when I got, I don't even. As long as you are happy, like I'm happy, <laughs> because it gives me bragging right. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm a guy, I, I gave him, I gave him tips and he passed. It's, yeah, it gives me, it gives me joy. So, you know, <laughs> that's good. I really appreciate that you created a platform to help people who are like you to mentor and also to, to prevent people from making mistakes, the mis- mistakes that you probably made. Let me add this uh, to people who also follow the platform. I know some people will be like, oh, hey, what are you going to be posting this? Relax. Um, I, I got things cooking for you. Okay. Just stay tuned. <laughs> okay. Okay. That sounds good. Now, uh, let me go to your personal side. I have some okay. rapid fire questions that I have for you. Right? Okay. I also know that you have this other side. You're raising your daughter in America as an evil girl. You're teaching her. And my son too. Oh, yes. You started with Daddy Muna. So that's the one that everyone remembers. But I know you have a son. And yeah. raising your kids in America as evil kids, you're teaching them evil, you're teaching them the culture and everything. And that's wonderful. Um, so I'm going to ask you two questions. The very first one is, in Nigeria, mm-hmm. you know, we grew up with this whole spare the rod and spoil the child type of, okay. type of um, training. Mm-hmm. Um, where our parents, you know, when we're naughty, they kind of spanked us a little bit. But we know in America, it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your kids seem to be really well behaved but do you think that that whole system of spare the rose for the child has that's like old school that one has gone you know i'm raising 21st century kids in america um how do you still merge that whole you know the culture and tradition with raising kids in in america like or are your kids just way, way too well behaved that you don't even have to think about that so there has to be a balance right yeah. I can call me and brag, oh, I do this. But no one person raises a kid. Hmm. No one person raises a kid. If you say that my kids seem to be well-behaved, it's because the two of us are playing our roles. Hmm. There has to be a balance between the parents, right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, there's some, when you come to, it's teamwork, right? right? One person may be the person who is, you know, mellow. So there has to be a balance, you know, between the two. Like I said, I give shout out to my wife too, you know, for playing her, <laughs> her her, her role so well. Now, the spare the role, spoil the child, uh, the, the whole way we're raised up. There are a lot, there's so many parts of it that I don't agree with. Okay. The whole yelling, yelling unnecessarily. Mm. You know, no. Even if you yell at the kid or whatever, mm-hmm. you should also have that avenue. There's a, there's something that you remember with Sam saying you remember. After what it means. Or something like that. Yes. Like if we if we if we hit the key with one hand, mm-hmm. we use the second hand to bring them close. Right. Uh, so if you scold or whatever, you also bring them close. You raise them in love, right? Right. Uh, I don't believe in beating, 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 beating. That's I don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. There are other ways you can go about it. Because I see the way you and your daughter play, you know, the way you interact. And a lot of us didn't have that growing up. Where we be. I didn't have that. Our father would say one, we'll say another one. Uh, know, so no. I'm, very, I'm very, I like the way you're raising your daughter. And I, that's something that, by the grace of God, I would love to, to do as well. So that's why I'm trying to ask you, you know, why, how you balance raising. I try to balance. Kids. I can, you know, when I want to be fair, I can be fair. Okay. No, you can't, you can't do that. You don't mm-hmm. argue. You just go and sit down there. You know, so you just have to have a, a balance. And I think it starts early in life, right? Right. Once your kid is born, you start bonding with them. By the mm-hmm. time you start bonding with them, 
they, 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 they understand that, yes, we can be friendly, friendly, but that there's a line. Mm. Daddy is still daddy. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Right, right. right. And, uh, and I think it's important too, especially in this society whereby there's a lot of freedom. So if you're not careful, right, you may be dealing with kids that you have to, you know, you struggle with, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to start early with your spouse. You know, you need to define what you people want for your kid. Okay. For me personally, mm -hmm. I wanted to have children. It starts, let's start from there. I've always wanted it. I remember when I would always be passing like through some streets with my mother and we'll see a kid, a little baby, I'll stop mm. and just come carry that baby, play with baby. And they tell my mom, mommy, I can't wait to have my own one day. Wow. So that's it. I've always been receptive to it. So that's one. Two, like I said, I've always been somebody who wants my kids to appreciate, at least appreciate that the African culture exists. Okay. Because back in the day, I would see people who would come back from the U.S. They don't even know anything about any other place. Mm. You know. So another thing again is, you know, no disrespect to this beautiful country that that has given us this opportunity. A lot of times, people here are kind of close-minded. They don't know anything outside the world, and that's why in 2020, somebody still thinks that Africa is a country. Okay. You know, that's absurd. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for me, if you ask my daughter now, what is, you know, just guys, watch out for that video. Mona, tell me the continent. She will name it for you. Mm -hmm. Tell me how it, she will tell you. How did she learn it? It's not because it wasn't taught in school. It's because mm -hmm. it was taught at home. We bought these books. We showed them the flags of the world, you know, so that they grow with it and grow into it. And, yes, and I, tr we try to expose them to different things. You know, okay. Okay. you know, especially on the global scene, not just, oh, it's all America. Yeah, now we're in America. It's all Kumbaya. The world is bigger than the U.S. Okay. There, there are other parts of the world that exist. So the second part is this. You're now officially an African-American, right? So by law, this country is now your hometown too, right? Yes, yes, I, yes. You're raising your daughter as, in, you know, as an African girl, teaching her Igbo, everything. Mm -hmm. So if tomorrow now your daughter comes and tells you that, ah, daddy, I, I love somebody and it's from out here, you know, from here. Now, considering the fact that you too, you are now in, you're now from here as well, even though you're still Nigerian, you're still African. If your daughter finds love from here, from out here, <laughs> you know, someone that doesn't know the language, does, has not been taught anything, is speaking uh, Ghana, 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 you know, yeah. how will you take that? And be honest, so, don't give me textbook answer. Give me I'm not giving you any textbook answer, okay? <laughs> so I'll try my best. Uh, I, I told my friends this thing today in a in a group that I belong to, right? My my friends from high school, you know, mm -hmm. with, I said to them, my biggest goal as a parent, okay, is to arm my children with as many tools as I can so that they can make the best decisions for themselves when the time comes. Okay. I'm not going to police you. I, I, I will get to the point where when I get to that point and I know, yes, I've armed them with the tools, that financial tools, skill, skills, all that stuff, right? Right. Then I'm going to put the reverse button and become a technical advisor. Mm -hmm. So you come to daddy and say, daddy, well, I say, okay, yeah, yeah, you can make your decision. If preferably, you know, as an African Igbo man, I would prefer, but... I, I've come to realize that it's not just about where a person is from, per se. Does that person love you? Mm. Is that person going to treat you with respect? 
not the person that every day are calling me that is beating you up and down, you know. Mm. Those are the things I would look at. Because okay. one thing is, in as much as I try to raise my kids to appreciate the culture, I want you to understand the words I use, appreciate the culture, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't neglect that fact or ignore the fact that my kids are also Americans. They are from here. They, they will go to school here, mm-hmm. you know. So you also have to appreciate, you know, that side of them. And that's where you try to raise them with love so that they see your side of it and you see their side. And if you watch my comedy with my daughter, right? Right. What do people see online is even, it's, it's even less to what we do in the house. Hmm. You know, it's, it's even less. You know, we're talking, we're having conversations. We're having conversations. Like uh, one day, I, 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 something happened. My daughter wrote something, right? She was trying to spell something mm-hmm. right in writing, <laughs> and she made a mistake, and she's she was almost crying, and I and I was like, why are you crying? Mm. She said, I made a mistake. I said, listen, what do you have in your hand? She said, it's a pencil. What is the, at the bottom of the pencil? She says, it's the eraser. Mm. Why do you have an eraser? She says, it's to it's to clean the uh, clean something when I make a mistake mm. and I can write it again. I said, and that is how life is. Hmm. You cannot grow up in life thinking that it's all success, success all the way. You hmm. make mistakes in life. And hmm. the most important thing is for you to clean that area. Learn that, okay, I made a mistake. Clean it and write it well again. So it's not the mistake that matters. It's how you let that mistake define, how you're able to pause, to learn from that mistake. And that's how I, I raise my kids. I'm not going to be that father. Oh, success all the way. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have A1, A. No. Mm-hmm. You have to try your best. Work hard. We are Nigerians, we are immigrants. But you also have to know that it, in working hard, there are pitfalls on, on the, in the journey. Mm-hmm. And so your job is try not to fall, get into those pitfalls and you move on with life. So okay. that's how I, that's my mindset, you know. Okay. And you've mentioned your wife like several times on this interview. And oh, have I? <laughs> yes, you have. If you had to choose between ed- entertainment and medicine all things being equal right i know you love both of them or if you have to choose one which one will it be I think we have our answer. I think I think I know what your answer will be based on what you just said. So well my answer let me answer you I will, I will always strike a balance between the two because each each is there's a, for me personally mm. there's always a connection between the two right you know which I see that mm. a lot of people don't see so I would always do both of them I think I think they're both important I think that personally yes. I think fulfillment comes from the work that you do so if you're changing people's lives you know. It, with the work that you do nine to five, that will bring you fulfillment. But being an entertainer, that also brings joy to people. So it's kind of hard to pick, really. Like when I was writing down this question, I was like, this guy's going to have a hard time picking one of these because, you know, both of them are really important. And I, I really frown at people who think that one occupation is superior to another. You know, I've had a conversation with somebody and she was like, do you know I'm a doctor? And you know, she would say stuff and she would be like, uh, I'm a medical doctor, so I know. And I never, you know, put that, I have a PhD in the mix, but 
I just felt like, wow, this is such ignorance because she feels that being a doctor is superior to whatever, whatever someone else is. And, mm. and what you've just shown with this, you know, contending between, you know, entertainment and medicine is that both are equally as important to you. So I think that's really important because both serve unique purposes. And I think it's important that people hear that, that, you know, one profession is not higher than the other because the other one is making more money. You know, both yeah. of them, you know, have their purposes and they're important as well. So uh, it's good that you said this thing, right? Mm. Uh, that too has been a struggle for me. I remember working in a place, right? Mm-hmm. And from time to time, I would just go chit chat with the people who are who are not doctors in the in the in the in that office setting. And and some of my colleagues will call me and say, "Why are you going to chat with those?" I'm like, "What do you mean? Oh, mm. you're the doctor. This, this, that." I'm like, "Listen, it's the same oxygen." Hmm. that we breathe. That's everybody right. cannot be a doctor. If everybody is a doctor, who is going to wash our cars? Hmm. Who is going to uh, 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 fix our shoes when, we, when, when they, 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 they go through wear and tear? Who is, even, even in the hospital, let me tell you, you can't function without the nurses. That's right. Which I mean, I know that sometimes the nurses are on our nerves, like I'm not <laughs> going to lie. But let's face it, you cannot function without the nurses or the pharmacists. So when I see some of my colleagues, you know, wearing that, oh, I'm a doctor, I, I, I think they need to slow it down a little bit. Everybody's, you know, it doesn't mean you're not going to carry yourself in a professional manner. Right. But what I'm saying is you also need to understand the fact that, you know, everybody is important. And you treat people with... Uh, you know, respect. Right. Not to sing my praises, not to sing my praises. I know I, I don't wear that around my neck. It's, it's what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I know when I was in NYSC, right? Mm-hmm. Even in NYSC camp, the only time people started knowing I was a doctor was when they came to the clinic and they would see me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wait, oh. Well, and you know what that did? Then it, it brings me close to people. People, like, it's hard to say no to me when I want something. Like, right. You see people like, they want to do something for you. Like the friends I made in NYSC camp, I still kept them too. Like, they still contact me to you today. Hmm. From time to time, some of them will send me a message and I've even forgot. They'll be like, dog, how? And I feel like it's the way I relate with them. I don't put that, you know, that tag in my head. Hmm. Right? right? And that's why I was able to be. That, that was why I was successful with hiding it on my social media whenever I wanted to release it, make the information. And you can see what is going on in my page. It's, 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 it's wearing a new look. It's changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because people are like, oh, how? You know, even my, my followers from Instagram, <laughs> are you, how, how, Baba Muna? Somebody who texts me, like I, in the past week, I've gotten up to five messages. Uh, are you really a doctor? In mm-hmm. fact, that day, as soon as I put it out, I'm, I, then people start consultation. Oh, doc. I'm experiencing this. What do you do with this? And I, and I give advice. And they're like, wow, wow. Mm. It's really true. Mm. You know, so that, and you know, sometimes when I, when I'm like on, online and, you know, I, I see people like on some blogs, especially Nigerian blogs, they're notorious for spreading false health information. Mm. And I'm reading people commenting about, and I'm like, you know, then I'd like drop some lines. And somebody just comment like, man, this thing you are writing is not, it's not, you don't write, you're not writing, this is not something somebody 
we'll just coin out of the of the mood. Is is there something you're not telling us? And I just laugh and just laugh and you know. So and that's why I kind of introduced a different side of comedy where I, I talk about I pick up a health issue, speak on it in a funny way that you 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 get the point. Okay. Okay. So they are all interwoven, like you said. Where can our listeners find you on social media? How can they reach you? Um, let us know how we can find you. So for my international medical graduates, you know, potential international medical graduates who need advice on how to come to the U.S., you know, general advice. They can reach me on the Niger IMG doc on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and on, a, and on YouTube. I put a lot of videos and. Uh, it, as time goes on, I'll be scheduling interviews with oh. other doctors too. And you see them, they share their stories. I've talked to a lot of people and they're really interested in sharing their stories okay. with uh, my followers. Then if you want to have a good laugh, you know, <laughs> if you want to have a good laugh, you know, I'm mean, too serious. Let me, let me switch it up a little bit. If you want to have a good laugh, mm-hmm. then you can come to my comedy entertainment page at Obaino Dadimuna. Okay. Obaino Dadimuna. Now let me put it out here. I, I don't just do comedy. I also host events. I host weddings. I host musical concerts. I'm sure you've seen like some of them. Mm-hmm. I have some of them already scheduled for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm going to Canada in May, May I think. Wow. Uh, and some other, you know, there's some things that are cooking. I won't let them all out. Mm-hmm. You know, in the bar. Mm-hmm. Then I've, uh, you know, every day we grow. So we've decided to expand. Now my daughter will have her page at muna.adaobaino. So that's where you're going to be seeing those things you used to see on my page with me and her doing. You're going to be seeing those ones uh, there. So for those of you who keep asking me, where's Muna? We are missing Muna's videos. You have to go to at muna.adaobaino. That's where you see those videos from now on. Okay, okay, okay. It seems like you're doing a whole lot, a whole lot. And somebody somewhere is wondering, how do you put all these things together? You're a doctor, you're, a, you're an entertainer, you're this, you're dad, you're husband, you're all these things. How do you find the time to, to do all these things? My two answers are one, I don't know. <laughs> That's an honest answer. The second one is, if something interests you, you make out time for it. Mm, excellent. <laughs> That's it. So book me if you have your wedding, anything. Mm. Book me now that I'm within your reach because no, very nice. soon you'll be speaking to my manager. <laughs> <laughs> Please employ me or Wendy. Remember me in your kingdom. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We've learned so much about you today. It's really been a, an honor to have you on the podcast. Super excited that, you know, for all the things that are coming in the future. And I wish you the very, very best. I know you're going to do exceptionally well. You keep doing the good things that you're doing. Thank you. For the IMG program, I know that it will help a lot of people um, for the entertainment program because I know that that puts a lot of smiles on people's faces. I think that you're doing really, really exceptional things that are really helping people on all levels. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. You're welcome. listener what do you think about this episode do you have a question or some feedback that you would like to provide or a suggestion for a future guest now you can send me a voice message voice messages are an easy way for you to send me audio messages that just might end up on a future episode of the podcast 
you can send me a voice message right now just by clicking on the link in my show notes. Can't wait to hear from you.